Curd University School of Molecular and Life Sciences has been conducting research using environmental DNA or eDNA in conjunction with conventional methods to monitor how insects interact with flowers to potentially improve conservation rates. Lead researcher and PhD student for this research, Joshua Kestel, said that more than 40% of all insect species could be at risk of extinction in the near future due to the climate change, diseases, loss of habitat, pesticide use, emerging pests and pathogens. You're probably asking yourself, why is this research significant? It's important because insects like hoverflies and honeybees are important pollinators for flowers and support healthy plant production and insect flower pollination services contributes $28 billion to Australia's economy. To brief us on this research and findings, I welcome Joshua Kestel to the afternoon show. Hello, Joshua. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me today. Now, Joshua, why was this pollination research commissioned and who has supported your research? So it's a really interesting question. So this research has come about from Horticultural Innovations and a grant from the Southwest Catchment Council, uh, which is a federal grant. And the research has really come about because... Avocado trees are generally producing around a million flowers and only 300 of these are actually being successfully pollinated. And so there's a lot of interest within the industry of, you know, who are the native pollinators in the landscape that could actually, you know, pollinate these trees and can we actually use these native pollinators to help increase that successful pollination rate? I was actually surprised when you mentioned in the break that West Australia is the second largest avocado grower in the country. Completely. Uh, Second to Queensland, absolutely. Which surprised me because, you know, you're talking about down south comparative to the actual temperate zone that... uh uh, the more humid zone of mm. Queensland. Totally. It's yeah. a, it, we, we're really at the south of where you can grow avocados um, in the world. And uh, past that, uh, it's no good. And also closer towards Perth, it's too dry, obviously. And avocados being a tropical crop, they're thirsty as anything. And so they, yeah, just, they, they you have to water them daily. I, I know that from experience with a mango tree at home. It uh, takes yes, a yes. lot of water to produce yep. fruit. Now, I'd imagine that a lot of your research uh, would have to have been in the field accumulating evidence and samples. Mm-hmm. Has that been the case? Well, yeah, it's an interesting one because you end up spending about five days in the field collecting these samples madly. And, and what sort of samples are you collecting? Yeah. Can you just be clear about that? Yeah, for absolutely. Listeners? So what we're doing is we're collecting flowers from these avocado trees, um, but we're also collecting camera footage and pan traps, which are just plastic bowls filled with soapy water, which then collect insects. So we kind of go out there five days, mad collecting, you know, hurried. Uh, I, my mum and my granddad were my volunteers on this one. Okay. Hilarious to drag them out. Fantastic. Grab it and then. But a nice trip down south. Nice trip. They, got, they got to they see got plenty a bonus. of avocado orchards. Absolutely. And there's plenty of great bakeries and, exactly. and chocolate factories oh, and distilleries, etc. Wine, wineries. Great region. And yeah. Uh, yeah, and then after that, it's all the time in the lab, you know, doing extracting those samples and then getting the insect DNA from them and then analysing that camera footage, which is long, long days. So, how close are certain insect species in WA? to becoming extinct? Yeah, it's a really interesting question. So the hard thing is is that in terms of the native insects that we have, we have over, we have over 70,000 native insects in Australia and many of these are poorly catalogued and remain to be studied. And so we actually don't know... So there's still a surprise out there on occasion oh, of an abs- insect that just absolutely. in a certain region is obviously quite desolate. Completely. In my PhD alone, we actually discovered a new bee species, which is super Incredible. cool. Incredible. Um, and so, yeah, the hard answer to that question is we actually don't know how many of the Australian insects are at risk because there's actually not enough research at the moment being done um, but globally 
like you mentioned in the intro, over 40% of insects are at risk of extinction. But um, there has been a lot of conversation lately about the decline of, of bee colonies or the size of bees. Yeah, with the amount, as well. the amount of bees yeah, yeah. That, that are evident. And a lot of it's because people are obviously, you know, uh, scared of getting stung. Completely. And they're obviously not inviting uh, bees to frequent their backyard or... Yep. Yep. That's what's happening, isn't it? Yeah, really? it's so what's happening, and as well as the habitat as well. is has changed dramatically, especially with the the expanding. Uh, uh, oh, urbanisation uh, and agricultural yeah. expansion, absolutely, and it's a real shame because when you lose habitat, you lose the potential to have these insects in in lo- local areas. Now, with the results of your research, will it be possible to ascertain which insects have the best pollinating potential for a specific flower or fruit, and can those insects then be purpose bred to produce improved pollination results? Yeah. Yeah, so really interesting question. So the way we did this research is we collected the DNA from the flowers, but that doesn't mean that that insect particularly actually facilitated pollination. Right. What we're ascertaining from this research is who are the main flower visitors, and from there we can work out of those flower visitors which are the likely insects that actually pollinate avocado trees. From our research, we've said that it's honeybees, hoverflies, and also other fly species such as califorids and muskets. Yeah, I didn't know that flies were pollinators. I was, yeah, I was it's, actually it's a fascinating thing. When I read it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and what's really interesting is the work that's being done at Deeper, they're actually breeding up these flies, um, a few of these califorid species especially, and they're actually looking at doing industrialised releases into orchards, uh, releasing millions of flies at a time in order to pollinate avocado orchards. And hopefully, gradually, they'll work it up to be much like honeybee hives, that you'll be able to take them out into the orchard, do a mass release, and then, aside from being absolutely swarmed by flies, you'll actually get, hopefully, more successful avocado pollination in the future. And the DNA that you're uh, extracting, mm. that DNA is insect DNA, or is it, or is it it's working out the... Uh, complexity of the pollen yeah yeah no so it's an interesting question so for this research here what we were interested in doing is actually getting the insect dna from those flowers so what we did is grabbed a good old mortar and pestle ground the flowers down um and then from that mush we then used this thing called a insect primer and the insect primer is able to go in and target insect dna from that mush (laughs) specifically and then from there we can amplify it up and compare that DNA that we get to an online reference database of organisms that have been sequenced by other researchers, some here at Curtin. Are you surprised by any of the results coming back of something that you didn't expect to be pollinating that plant yeah, or that flower? Yeah, well, visiting that flower. Yeah, look, yeah. I, I think the amount of different fly species that are on avocado trees is fascinating. You know, like you, before I came into this, I didn't yeah. think that flies would have a huge contribution to no, avocado flower visits. Absolutely and, not. And yet it is crazy significant. And why were Hass avocados from the South Greek region specifically chosen for this eDNA research? Mm. Are Hass avocados pollinated by a single insect or are they pollinated by many insect species? So, so the general thought is, so Hass avocados, they're actually, they come from California originally, but avocados themselves are from Central America. And over ah. there, they're pollinated almost exclusively by this native stingless wasp. Unfortunately, you know, and maybe not a bad thing given the disaster of cane toads, we didn't bring yeah. that stingless wasp over here. Good. And so as a result, the Hass avocado, which is the main variety, 95% of trees in the southwest, um, that tree is pollinated uh, in WA by honeybees. But honeybees, they're pretty lazy. They don't really actually like avocado pollen or nectar. They're not really that interested. And as a result, they kind of brought more in as an insurance mechanism for the avocado orchards down in the southwest. Everyone does it because that's what everyone does. But no one actually has empirical research to say, or down in the southwest at least, to say, hey, honeybees are the best pollinators. And as a result, the industry was interested in the fact that if you've got native insects within the landscape, why not see if we can utilise those to actually affect avocado pollen? 
examination. Incredible. So, again, this leads into my next question. So, will your eDNA research now expand to other flowers and fruits that are grown in WA and across Australia? So, interestingly enough, there's actually a pollination grant that's being put in <coughs> at the moment um, with Lottery West to see if we can expand this to mangoes because uh, mango orchards up south, actually, uh, up north, sorry, um, actually suffer from a similar problem to avocado trees. Huge amounts of flowers, but relatively few pollinators within the area. And so, there's actually growing res- a growing interest by the mango industry um, to do similar to what we've done here with avocados and actually expand this research to see if we can work out which native insects visit the mango flowers. Not that I'm a master orchardist, but actually, mm-hmm. and I know exactly what you're saying when it comes to my mango tree at my house. Yep. That, yes, you get a lot of flowering. Yeah, and it's disappointing. But, but it's disappointing. <laughs> what, yeah, you're thinking, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I'm going to have a great yield this year. Mm-hmm. But it never seems to manifest itself. Now, in my introduction, I mentioned that several insect species are under threat due to many variables like climate change, diseases, loss of habitat, pesticide use, or should I say overuse, emerging pests and pathogens. So what can we do? to prevent further decline of certain insect species. Yeah, yeah, look, and, and I think this is just, you know, it's a testament to the fact that, you know, everyone can have an input in this, which is that, you know, by planting pollinator-friendly plants within your garden, firstly, everyone is doing their bit in their own little bit of habitat to, you know, make sure that they support their local wildlife. Um, and then I think the thing is, is obviously, when possible, buy organically grown avocados as well, because obviously those ones are not going to be sprayed with too many pesticides and chemicals. Um, but I think as well, the best thing to do is also join your local community groups who are interested in reveg and and actually your community help groups as well because these guys are the same people that are going to you know help ensure that these native insects are sustained within our landscapes thank you joshua for your time today you've been full bottle on this which is obviously your job but you know really fantastic and congratulations on your research and the benefits that we'll gain (coughs) that we will gain for for our ecological future it's been a pleasure thanks so much for having me thank you very much (laughs) Too late.